1: Welcome to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkett, a writer for Winnie City Gridiron, and I'm joined, as always, by EJ Snyder. EJ, it's Thanksgiving week, my favorite holiday of the year. Not quite sure why this year, given what we're going to have to be subjected to around 11.30 in the morning central time, 9.30 your time. But um, are you excited for Thanksgiving? I'm excited for the holiday. Uh, The particular
2: Uh brand of Bears football we may see on said holiday possibly a little bit less exciting but that's okay uh it's not going to diminish my love of the holiday i also love thanksgiving so i'm looking forward to it we got uh got a little time away from work got some good food coming up hopefully and you know i think we gave the fans a little map uh, a couple of weeks ago about how to enjoy bears football from this point out which
1: is uh selectively like if it's turning your stomach and you have dinner later in the day (laughs) turn it off or if you're having lunch with your in-laws and you don't want to have to take the verbal abuse of, of hearing how bad the bears are maybe just go into the garage and grab another slice of pie you know who knows but we'll we'll get into the game in a little bit but let's start off with beers what did you bring on today Oh, I have,
2: uh, something that my lovely wife got me from, uh, McMenamins, which I know you're familiar with, um, an Oregon, uh, conglomerate that buys old historic properties and turns them into really cool pubs. Yeah. Um, and this is a crowler, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, it's halfway between a can and a growler and they bottle them on site this is their scotch ale 6.3 by volume uh so it's got a little bit of a kick to it it's a nice winter beer a uh, little bit sweeter than some scotches but still has that bite um nice good head when you pour it beautiful dark brown color uh and it will
1: help me forget a little bit about how poorly the bears played what did you bring on well i was gonna bring on a michigan beer but i i saw that i still had this and i'm Excited! So this is definitely a JB beer, and it feels very Thanksgivingy. So this is the Great Black Stack Bake Off. It's from Black Stack Brewing, and it is a pineapple upside down cake. Uh, caramelized pineapple, cherry, uh, maraschino cherry juice, brown sugar. Madagascar vanilla and milk sugar. Like I mean, if, what it's are just, you doing? <laughs> it, it just sounds delicious. It sounds Thanksgivingy. I it's, just like I'm so excited for this one. It's just it, it sounds calling like my name.
2: Pie in a can is right. what it sounds like, right? Uh, no, I I'll give a little teaser. I have a J B beer um, coming up, and I've Uh-oh. previewed it. Uh, and it is, it is something else, but it is not anything like that. That is, that is one of a kind. So,
1: well, I brought on that pineapple beer a little while ago and it was really good. I really liked it. It was kind of like a, just like a cake, uh, had like white cake in it, mixing it and stuff like that. So anyway, I saw this on the shelf. I was like, oh, I got to try this here too. So, uh, you know, I got a reputation I have to maintain.
2: You do. And you know, as long as it's all good, cause far be it from me to tell anybody how to beer or how to enjoy their food, their steak, their coffee, or to fan. I've had that interaction um, quite a few times over the last couple of weeks, Uh, not only with Bears fans, but um, I view games at Buffalo Wild Wings occasionally when I want to see all the games because – Despite being a semi successful semi pro podcaster, I do not have screens and games for you know, screens enough for all the games. So I'll I'll go and it's cool because you get to see a mix of fans and you get to see people that fan in all different ways. They're the quiet types that just watch and eat and leave. There are the people that kind of cheer or fist bump when their team does something cool, and then there are the people that absolutely lose their shit in public and bounce around and do crazy stuff. I don't really care. Like, I'm just like, whatever, man. Like, it's your, it's your gig. Like, you get to interact with your football team however you so choose. And that's not my business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anything, I think I've grown to the fact that I just kind of do me, right? Like, I might be the guy that goes to the bar if I have to because the Bears aren't on. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of sit in the corner and I'm pretty quiet. I might fist pump to myself, right? But if it's like a real emotional game and like things are going, I'm, I'm going to probably kind of migrate towards those Bears fans that have been a little bit, you know, rowdy at the end of the bar. I'm going to give my five and stuff. But for the most part, I'm kind of just like off on the corner of my own, just trying to take the game in, just trying to concentrate because I, I just don't want to get distracted by all the other stuff that happens around the bar. Yeah. I like to take in the other stuff as well. I didn't
2: originally before I was very much like you a couple of years ago. If I would go and watch in a bar, I would sit away from people. Uh, if there were multiple screens, I just wanted to kind of be close and see the bear screen. Um, as I've, you know, grown in my football watching and and talking about the rest of the league, I I do like take the ads now and, you know, look at what else is going on. I took a good 3 or 4 minutes yesterday and watched the Colts run game which <laughs> if you're not familiar oh, with it is just a thing of beauty right now. And then I can flip back to the Bears when they come back from a commercial break or whatever. I've I've expanded. I can catch like 3 or 4 screens now out of the however many there are, 12 or 15 around the place, but um, yeah, I think everybody has their own way, and I'm I'm just to the point where I'm like, hey, if you're enjoying it and you're coming out and you're supporting it, and it's something that that gives value to your life, like, do it the way you want to do it.
1: Yeah, and if you're still sticking with us here after the Bears fell to whatever they are what now three and seven or whatever it is three and six, you know you have to find things that you're excited about. You have to start to look at this schedule and say what am I looking for, right? And we're staring at a Thanksgiving game against the Lions. I kind of like this tradition that the Bears are starting to play the Lions more frequently on Thanksgiving. It's kind of fun. And the Lions are 0-9-1, right? Like they haven't won a game. They tied the Steelers. They, they, They just couldn't pull out the victory there. They have been close in a bunch of games. And so this really sets up as kind of a dangerous game in my mind except for the fact that they are starting a quarterback that I did not know was a human person before last week. And so what do you know about these Lions, and what are you kind of interested in on Thursday? I'm interested in hoping that
2: it is a somewhat watchable football game. And I can say that with a little bit of freedom, even as a Bears fan, because there's no really terrible outcome for this game. Andy Dalton is starting for the Bears, and the thing that most Bears fans are looking forward to, if they're still looking at the season at all, after the Bears' performance so far, is how does Justin Fields mature, how does he develop, Um, how does he begin to build as the future quarterback of the Bears? Well, he took a shot in the last game. He's got a rib injury. They're not ruling out broken ribs. They're banged up ribs you know, officially listed as bruised ribs right now. Bottom line is they're not going to play him on a short week versus the Lions. So the thing that most Bears fans are looking forward to is not going to be there. We're going to get Andy Dalton ball. Uh, We know pretty much what that is. Andy Dalton is a known commodity, a known known. Uh, The rest of the offense has not looked tremendous. So I'm just hoping this isn't an overall trash fire with lots of runs into crowded boxes and Just so many miscues, and I know I'm probably hoping against Hope there because the Bears have been uh, a team full of miscues, Uh, coaching errors, execution errors, uh, bad calls in bad places. They've just found a way to derail themselves time after time. So hoping that we get a uh, relatively flag-free football game that has some moments of excitement in it. It seems like maybe a high bar for this one which isn't great but it is i think decent commentary on where the bears are as a team which is right down at the bottom of the league with honestly only the lions underneath them now in my estimation they're they're a bad football team it's a bad roster it's banged up they're not playing well they're not maximizing their talent they're not playing sort of above their level almost ever they're certainly not out coaching anybody so really i'm hoping for like can we play a clean football game and have a few moments of excitement i think that's my that's the summary of the cap of the my expectation
1: well when you look at the lions what's interesting about their season so far is that there's a couple games that got away from them They, they they probably should have a couple victories on the season this year They've also been blown out a few times. They're not a very good team. Well, what does that sound like? The Bears have been th- blown out three times too, right? So, you know, I think there's a there's a tendency to think like, well, the Lions are garbage and, you know, the, the, they got no shot on this one. But I, I've been saying it for weeks. I'm worried. I'm worried about this team, that the fact that they're a cornered animal. They're playing a divisional opponent. They've already seen the Bears. You take away – a couple of the Bears' best players, certainly the most exciting young player in Justin Fields. You take away their best player in Khalil Mack, right? So you're you're taking away some of their best pieces. Now, the Lions are banged up as well, but what about this from just like an on-paper standpoint? Do you see that the Lions could have an advantage here?
2: It is possible. The Bears, again, have not played up to the talent they do have. And as you mentioned, a lot of their top talent, either not on the field or on the field, but recently banged up, which you always have to sort of wonder. Guys tend to want to rush back. They don't want to sit on the bench and lose their starting job, even in a real dumpster fire of a season. So a lot of pride. These guys put a ton of effort into their preparation. And, you know, there's pride. They're putting out tape for whomever, right? If it's if they're under contract with the Bears, they're putting out tape for a prospective new head coach if they're not under contract with the Bears this is their resume as they go out into free agency so guys are the idea that guys are just shutting down and loafing and not playing hard some guys are but the majority of guys in the NFL are going to play hard to the end of the whistle because they know that everybody has access to tape the lions have had some flashes they too are banged up they're going to be without their starting quarterback as you man, as you mentioned but their young defensive line is starting to flash a little bit. Levi Alnwazarike, who was one of their top picks in the interior defensive line, former UW Husky, real flashing three tech type, had a couple of flash plays last weekend. Like he's starting to string some impact plays together. The Bears' offensive line, uh, famously or infamously, has not played very well or very consistently this year. They've played decently in the run game occasionally, they didn't uh, last Sunday their pass protection has been spotty at best sometimes it looks decent and whoever the quarterback is gets a little bit of time and sometimes it folds instantly and defenders are in the lap of whoever's taking the snap within about two seconds and that's not a recipe for success the lions have some defenders famously the two they drafted um at the top of this last year's draft and those guys can get home and look, they're not playing superstars on the other side of the ball. They're going to have some opportunities against this bears offensive line. And if you get in there and bang up Andy Dalton um, bears don't have much behind him either. If Justin Fields is on the bench. So that's a way the lions could get on top real early and fairly easily. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, but that's a sort of path to, the lions playing competitive football and you're right. They have had a couple of games that were close. This is not all 30 point blowouts they could manage. And who knows? We've seen it before with backup quarterbacks, even with the lions wasn't Boyle, but backup quarterback comes in for the lions and they rallied. They played really well. Uh, We've seen it with the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke came in and everybody's like, well, season's over. Ryan's Fitzpatrick went down. Taylor Heineke's led them to some sort of gutsy victories. So it's possible that he actually gives them a spark even though lots of nfl fans like you didn't know his name before maybe last week um you never know uh dan campbell head coach team seems like mm, they can kind of get fired up at a moment's notice maybe it's just the coffee but this could be the week they catch fire if they go up you know a, a fluky score early say there's a you know strip sack, fumble, recovery for a touchdown, and the Lions put seven early points on the board. The Lo- The Bears are only scoring between 14 and 19 points pretty much every game. Seven points starts to look like a fairly insurmountable lead with this offense. So if the Lions get up early, they are a very dangerous opponent, which sounds like the weirdest thing to say about an 09 and one team, <laughs> but I have to agree with you.
1: Well, it's more of that they're – You know, these guys don't want to be winless, right? I mean, I was really hoping that they would beat the Steelers just so they would just kind of get it out of their system because this team isn't trying to be good. Like, this team is clearly trying, they stripped down the roster. They're, they're true. They're clearly trying to rebuild, but they're playing really hard. And when you continue to play hard this late in the year, even though you're bad, one of these times you're going to hit. Like, the Texans just beat the Titans. Right, like this is not this is going around the league. Like the, the these bad teams, uh, the the Jags beat the Bills. It was an ugly game. It was a, just a disgusting game to watch. But they beat them, right? And so those are good teams. The the Titans and the Bills are good teams. This is this is a different story that we're talking about here with the Bears because they're not a very good team. And and so I again I have been worried about this. And when I when I watch the Lions they're passing it to if golf comes back he's at least he's a bad quarterback but he's at least like a and a bad nfl starting quarterback right whereas this this guy Boyle looks like he is just a bad reserve but whatever if golf comes back maybe i can kind of be a little bit worried that he'll find 22 and pick on him and you know move the ball that way but really i'm i'm I, I'm actually not seeing a great recipe for the Lions offense to move the ball that well with against this Bears defense, even though the Bears defense is depleted of a couple of their better players, because they've really played the run well. And I think that's really what the Lions can do, is they can run the ball with with Swift. And it seems like the Bears have stepped up, even with with Mack missing. Um, but am, am I missing something there? Do, do you think that the Lions can have success on the ground against this Bears run defense?
2: Uh, it's not probably regularly you're right overall they've found a way to stiffen to not allow big largely gashing gains on the ground they've done it for stretches of games like they've fallen off their run defense um has not been consistent the whole way through where they simply lock everybody down a little bit like New Orleans was doing before last week for the whole season where they just said nope, you're not running on us. It hasn't been like that, so there are opportunities. And the tackling in their secondary has been suspect, so if somebody does get to the second or third level, um there's a possibility there. We saw it a little bit on Sunday where the Bears allowed some early rushes right up the middle that the you know, the running back didn't take contact for six or seven yards. Now they buckled that down and by, oh, late second quarter, right before the half and and in through the third quarter, you didn't see too many more of those. It wasn't time after time they were getting gashed, but early in the game, there were definitely some runs right between tackles where guy went four or five yards before contact and then pulled for another two or three before he was tackled and got down. Am I super worried about that no because the run game is not really going to stack a ton of points uh, unless you're indianapolis uh and let's let's not mince words the the colts and the lions have very little in common the lions are not suddenly going to become a juggernaut running the ball Um, the lions have as many faults as the bears do it's all about It's going to come down to a few plays, which is what it comes down to between good teams. But this is two sort of evenly matched poor teams. It's still going to come down to a couple of bounces. Who gets the extra possession? Who gets the fluky interception? Who gets a strip sack and recovers deep in the enemy, you know, the enemy territory? That's... The, the game's still going to come down to those few plays it's just you know both teams are probably going to try and fumble it away we saw it with the Lions against the Steelers multiple chances to win that game couldn't get it done uh we saw it with the Bears as you know late as last Sunday they led that game with a minute 40 to go look like they had that game probably won and then defense collapsed they let Baltimore go the length of the field score and that's it so they're going to have to try and limit their mistakes, but both of these teams are very mistake prone.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the bears, but let's uh, pause here real quick just to have the uh, sponsors buy us a beer and we'll be back on the other end of this.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team.
1: All right, EJ, let's flip it around and talk about the Bears. So the Bears are going to be starting the ginger-haired quarterback, Andy Dalton, instead of uh, Justin Fields because Fields, you know, quite frankly, it's not a very good idea to rush a guy back out there after an injury. And we're talking about a short week. And so the backup becomes a starter again with Dalton. And... You know, Dalton, I don't know. I saw some stuff on Twitter. People are like, Dalton played better. And if Dalton was playing all year, it's like Dalton completed less than half of his passes. Dalton was rushing throws, right? And people, Fields needs to, you know, get quicker on his processor. He's holding the ball too long. Well, <laughs> Dalton was the opposite. He was getting the ball out way too quick. He wasn't letting things develop, and he was dirt balls. Like, I mean, it was, it was not a pretty performance from him. He completed a lot less than half of his passes against a less than good Ravens defense. So I don't really know what people are talking about, but whatever. But like you said earlier, we know what to expect from Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a guy, and he can run the offense with – some ability, right? Like he's not he's not a dud, but you know, he's not a transcendent talent. And particularly at this stage in his career, you know where he's at. So Dalton, you know, he he did look like he at least uh had a little bit of a connection with Goodwin on that deep pass. You know, Mooney caught five of 16 targets. I know that's between both quarterbacks. That's not a very good mark. So hopefully he can kind of improve that efficiency. Uh, but what do you expect about a Dalton here against a Lions defense? Like you said, they got uh, their defensive lines coming together, but their secondary. Yeah, middle zones are going to be where Dalton can go to work, and he does. He
2: can throw between the hashes. He, he came out and actually acted or played, I should say, a little bit differently than we saw him early in the season. Early in the season, he was captain check down he was everything to the side and really nothing beyond about six or seven yards like I think he had single digit passes in in his starts beyond that like it was all to the side and all short he came out in relief on Sunday against the Ravens and to me he looked like I posted a tweet that he looked like that basketball player that three-point shooter that's just chucking him up from the time he gets in the game, he's just whipping them up there. He's not hitting a lot of them. He's clanging them off the rim. He's airballing. It doesn't matter. He just keeps pulling the trigger. And then late in the game, he hit one to Goodwin, but he looked really rusty. I said, he was the definition of rusty on the field. Cause he was missing everybody. He was missing behind, um, high and behind. And he was missing the deeper balls over, right? Just past the outstretched hands, anywhere from six inches past to several feet past. And, He just looked really rusty. He was, he was whipping the ball up, but he was throwing it down the field. And that was not something we saw in his earlier iteration. So it gives me a little bit of pause, um, you know, his sort of average depth of target. And I know why people think Dalton played well, it's because they're looking at the box score. They didn't watch the game and they go, he put up 200 yards and a half, like, yeah, it's way better. Well, the, (laughs) the first 60 yards in the touchdown was a literal two yard throw. It was a, you know, bubble screen to a wide receiver. It's a two yard throw. Mooney makes some great plays, makes a couple of guys miss, goes 60 yards. It looks like Dalton in two throws has 60 yards and a touchdown when what he did was throw a screen reasonably well. And I understand that. And then he just missed and missed and missed and missed down the field. He finally hits that late looper to Goodwin down the right sideline. And who knows? Maybe with a week, well, not a week, short week, (laughs) few reps with the starters, he sort of dials it back in. He doesn't miss as many of those balls. And if that's the case, he has a good chance to tear the Lions up because they are not a top quality pass defense right now, even if the defensive line is starting to show some flashes. Overall, this team is not matching the rush with the coverage, which is what you want to do They're They've had a lot of breakdowns in the secondary. Dalton's going to have a lot of opportunities. And look, their linebackers aren't great either. So he can hit those middle crossing routes. And if the staff is smart enough to scheme them up, now, that's a thing. (laughs) They probably aren't. But if they're smart enough to scheme up some levels stuff where you run one wide receiver out in front of the other and make that middle defender, usually a dropping linebacker, choose like, hey, which guy am I going with? The first guy or the second guy? And it's almost like an RPO, but it's like a, PPO. It's like a pass pass option, right? Dalton's read is where's that linebacker going? And I'm going to throw it to the guy that's therefore single covered. They did that once um, with Fields uh on Sunday. It looked really good. He threw to the back guy. The first guy cleared everybody out. He threw to the back guy. That was the longer of his completions to Goodwin on the deep end. But those passes are going to be available. The Lions are not super strong there. And if Dalton is even a little bit more consistent, he has a chance to look really good because the opponent is really not that great.
1: Yeah. This is the worst thing about missing fields here is that this was an opportunity for him to rack up some cheap stats. That's really what it is. And to be quite honest with you, it would be nice if he could do that because his stats are not that great. And that's going to shape a lot of off-season narrative because that's what people do is they look at the box score and they're like, oh, eh, the stats are terrible, right? And so it's unfortunate that he's going to miss this. I want to talk about David Montgomery, though, because it looked like Montgomery could have had a big game against the Ravens and just did not get the carries. The Bears just did not. It, it kind of reverted back to that um, old Matt Nagy offense where you know they can't stay on the field, and even when the running game's working, they're not using it. But Montgomery looked pretty good. Do you think that you mentioned the Lions, you know, defensive line being a strength of theirs? This is still a team that can run the ball pretty well, even against good defensive lines. So, to me, it seems like they're going to want to try to get Montgomery involved early and often in this one because he should be fresh because he didn't really carry the ball that much on Sunday. Yeah, he didn't look great to me either.
2: He looked a little bit rusty. He ran hard. He always runs hard. He didn't seem to have that sort of pop or explosion. And to be fair, He didn't have the holes that this line has produced, uh, even against quality opponents. Week one against the Rams, this line tore open big holes uh, in the Rams defensive line. We've seen it with some very, we saw it with Khalil Herbert. He had some really good opportunities against, you know, against Tampa Bay. Strong rushing defense. They had 124 yards. Like this is a unit that's capable of running the ball, but they didn't look like it on Sunday. They didn't. There were a lot of runs that just sort of, weren't going anywhere. There was no real opening. It's not Montgomery's fault. Just the whole, you know, rushing offense is just like passing offense is everybody playing together. However, I'm with you. I think this team needs to rely on the run to get good, right? The pass for them has been really inconsistent. It's not a way for them to sustain drives, and they have looked good intermittently rushing the ball. They have looked powerful. They've looked like they can overwhelm people. And I honestly think it's a strength of more of their players on the offensive line to run block than it is to pass block. Guys like Larry Borm at this point is inconsistent pass blocking. He's a big, big bruising offensive lineman who, when you let him get his pads into somebody, is going to light up and are the rest of the guys. And if they start to tear some of those cracks open and i would hope that it's a balance between montgomery and herbert because we've seen that khalil herbert given the opportunity is very productive and efficient and can rip off some big gains keep both of those guys fresh rotate them through don't go with the sort of lead back or workhorse back model just i don't care how you want to rotate them rotate them give them both some chances and let that line sort of put its pads down and say we're going to we're going to try and run on these guys until we start getting one or two yards of carry and then we might revert but we are going to we're going to bear down we're going to try and bury these guys early and if they do that they could get on a roll and they could kind of roll over the lines with a what I'll call a low degree of difficulty right handoffs are a lot less difficult than even 4 to 6 yard speed outs right a lot less potential for bad stuff to happen and if they can do that cool Like that is base NFL football and it will give them confidence and they may start to go on a roll if they go away from the run and they run it a total of, you know, 10 times in the game and they throw the other, whatever it is, 45, 55 downs they have, we're probably going to see a result that maybe they win the game, but it really comes down to whether or not, again, Dalton's dialed in that connection and the receivers are getting some separation, catching balls, all the things that haven't been happening on the passing side
1: yeah Montgomery went for 58 on 14 carries on Sunday I mean if that's not numbers that blow you away but it's over four yards a carry I mean I thought he looked pretty good um but you know maybe not fully back from from where he's at but no carries for Herbert or one carry for Herbert or whatever it was I mean he he was barely in the game plan and and so even if Montgomery doesn't get 25 carries I'm not asking for that necessarily there needs to be 25 carries from running backs in this game right like that that's it's just not enough carries. The Bears just got destroyed in time of possession on that game. And we say, well, time of possession. Well, what happened to the defense on that last drive? Well, you know, the pass rush did not get home on that last drive, and yes, Kendall Vildor had a bad game because you know he's he's outmatched and he blew coverage and and that that sort of thing happens. But when you're out on the field, that when your defense is out on the field that long these pass rushers that are getting home all day eventually they get gassed and so the the way to combat that is to try to hold on to the ball a little longer which is to run the ball and move the sticks so you know that all plays together and you know that that's part of why this team has never really looked in sync at all but let's talk about the defense real quick because max gone quinn's stepping up and playing incredibly well he's at 10 sacks on the year He's got another rookie quarterback or is he a rookie? I'm sorry. Like, I just never heard of this guy. Is he He's just a young guy? Like, what's his deal?
2: He's he's a young
1: guy, Um, it, not a guy with a ton of
2: experience. So a guy that a, a guy like Robert Quinn should be able to take advantage of, uh, because, again, the Lions line is young and they've invested a lot in it. They haven't played at times. They've played very well and kept their team in the game, but they've also had that lack of consistency. And look, Robert Quinn has the look of a guy right now that can absolutely take advantage of the chances that the Lions line is going to give him. They're not going to be perfect. It reminds me a little bit of playing a quarterback that the defense says, oh, he's going to give you some chances, right? He's going to throw you some balls. You got to catch them. And I feel that way about the Lions offensive line. They're going to give you some openings. They're going to give you some one-on-ones where the tackle oversets. And Quinn's got the tools to put that home right now he's playing as he's the best bears defender bar none right now you think he's better than uh roquan smith uh i would say he and roquan are playing at a very very similar level because roquan played at a really high level on sunday too
1: yeah i mean it's it's great because obviously he signed to that huge contract and i know this game this this year is kind of meaningless at this point but it's nice to watch Bears players do well and Quinn has been a good player in this league for a long time and so it's it's exciting to see what he can do and so you know now I'm kind of cheering for Robert Quinn to kind of see where those sack numbers go and it would be nice to see if he can kind of get those up into a level that Quite frankly, you know, we haven't necessarily seen on this team in a while, right? Like, let's see, can he get to 15 sacks? Can he get to 17 sacks, right? I mean, those are kind of fun things to follow. He's definitely going to have his second best year as a a pro in terms of sack numbers. And and this late in his career, that's really impressive. And maybe he can continue to keep that going because he's likely on this roster next year. So those are exciting things. I think Roquan's ascension... Is really exciting stuff to keep watching. I think you know he had seventeen tackles yeah. last week. I mean that's crazy, Obscene right? So, numbers. like, so like let's see if he can, you know, can he top Urlacher's career, uh, you know, career high season high, right? Can he top Lance Briggs's career season high? You know, there there are records. You know, the record f- uh, for tackles is one eighty nine. It's kind of a ridiculous number. It's by a random player, so. You know, maybe that's not possible, but can he top some of these like all time great bears that, you know, in recent memory that have really high tackle numbers? That's kind of exciting, too. And, you know, he's all over the place. Maybe he can get rewarded. Romo was you know loving him up, up and down the field on Sunday. And if he can show out in these these national primetime games over the next month maybe his profile, you know, increases. And that that's great. I want to see that. You know, can Jalen Johnson continue to play well, right? So there are some pieces on this team that even if this game isn't very excited, I'm excited for those players. I'm excited to watch those guys play whoever. I don't care if it's the Lions. I don't care if it's Kyler Murray and the, the Cardinals in the week following, right? I want to watch good players play football i want to watch ascending players get better i want to watch travis gibson and see where he goes right i want to see kairos tonga right i want to see these guys and how they're doing because they're going to be part of this team in the future
2: yeah totally agree the bears have one guy at each level on defense right now robert quinn is the guy on the defensive line i know he's officially a linebacker but he's a pass rusher he's playing on the defensive line Roquan, obviously the guy at the linebacking level to watch. And then Jalen Johnson has been quietly excellent. He is still excellent. He's not surrounded by a lot of talent, but whoever he is on is having a rough day every Sunday. And that's awesome. The couple of the guys you mentioned are young guys, right? Now Travis Gibson's getting reps because Mac's out. And he had a couple of nice plays on Sunday. He kind of had a couple of nice hustle plays, chased down a ball carry from behind, behind a line. Like he is benefiting from teams pretty much keying up on hicks when he's in there and trying to double quinn because they know he's the primary sack threat that means gibson's going to get one-on-ones and you want to see what he does with those kyrus Tong is another guy that is playing really well in the middle stacking things up He's not getting a ton of downs, but that's probably okay. He needs to be rotated and kept fresh because he's playing a power position. Probably going to see him early. You saw him early in the game against the Ravens. You're going to see him early in a game against the Lions trying to shut down the run and make them go, quote unquote, to their left hand, make them try and throw to that depleted wide receiver core with a new quarterback. That's really how you're going to try and force the Lions into beating you. You're almost going to dare them into that. Like, hey, we're going to put eight, maybe even nine guys in the box. You're not going to run the ball. Now we want to see you throw it. And we want to see you throw it kind of deep. We don't, we're not talking about two yard speed outs. We want you to go deep down the seams and see if you can complete the ball. Maybe they can, maybe they can't, but that's a, that's definitely a riskier proposition for a team like the Lions. So I would see, you know, Tonga and Gibson playing big roles on Sunday. There aren't Unfortunately, too many other people to watch, like at the linebacking level, and say, Oh, there's a developing young player because Pace hasn't stacked those, or really even they're not there in the secondary. It's the same thing, right? You're really looking at Jalen Johnson and hoping he stays healthy. Duke Shelley's dinged up. So, you know, maybe uh we see some of the other guys coming in uh, trying to get some of those reps, and they're gonna have to, uh, if Shelley's hamstring won't cooperate, but there's nobody that um I'm really super excited to say, oh, you know, this, this guy's getting reps. He's been, he's been due like, let's get him on the field and see his reps right now. It's like, oh, please hold up. <laughs> please don't get your name called out a lot. Um, you know, and if somebody flashes, great. Awesome. But really those are your three key guys on the Bears defense, one at each level, which is kind of nice. And then a couple of young guys up front to sort of, hey, what are they doing with the reps they get? Uh, the rest of the defense, you're just really kind of putting your blinders on and saying, oh, please don't get burned.
1: well that's kind of the preview i want to talk about thanksgiving because growing up thanksgiving was always my favorite holiday and i don't think as an adult that's changed it's a little different how i approach the holiday and it's been nice over the years that they've extended the number of games right used to have the two used to always be the lions would play and the cowboys would play And then they added that third game. So now it's like a full day of football. I mean, it's a lot of fun. You get the full day of football on Thanksgiving. You get the full day of football on Sunday for Thanksgiving. If you're into college, I'm sure there's college games all day too. But I'm not. But you get two of those full days where you get to watch three games straight. That's a lot of fun to me. So I like that. I like the food. I'm not going to lie. I'm a a person who has enjoyed – More than his share of of food over the years. And this is a holiday where it's not only accepted, but encouraged to eat more food than you probably should. And so I wanted to ask you, EJ, what is the thing at Thanksgiving that you just need to have for you to feel like, yep, there it was. That was a good holiday. Oh, geez. I, I think there's so many things.
2: Growing up was the same for me. Thanksgiving was a huge family holiday uh all my dad's side of the family in buffalo usually came down to our house we lived in a small town in upstate new york and it was kind of the oh man it was the relative takeover right people would be sleeping like cordwood in sleeping bags and you know huge kids table and you know snowball fights or leaf raking or whatever the conditions were at the time and it was a good two or three days to just kind of mash with that family my cousins still talk about that you know we're all (laughs) well on in our lives with our own families and they still say man those those sort of country thanksgivings um, when we were kids there they were the ones man it was all the high drinks and late night card games and and you know pranks on aunts and uncles and just the smell of food permeating through the house Thanksgiving was always a central holiday to me that and that I don't know I take a little bit of offense that Thanksgiving's kind of become a speed bump between Halloween and and Christmas now um, and it has changed for me we don't we don't have the huge family celebrations anymore um but i I guess there isn't one thing that my favorite thing about Thanksgiving that hasn't changed is sort of standing back a little bit from the fray. And when I was a kid, it was like I would hang out on the staircase, right? And I could look down into the living room and there would be like 15 or 20 people like talking and laughing and toasting and and just that sort of din, that holiday, like you just don't get that sound very often of a bunch of people in your house, like having a good time and all at the same time in very different ways. And that sound for me became really a thing. As I got older and we did have big Thanksgivings, it would be it would be at weird times. Like I would be, you know, you have to take the garbage out during Thanksgiving because there's a lot of, you know, you're just creating more ways right? And And I would go outside and we leave the windows open because of course you're steaming potatoes and cook a turkey and it gets really warm in the house with 15, 20 people in there. And I would stand outside the open window just for a minute before I put the trash in the can and just listen to people laugh and have a good time in my house and that is that's the thing like more than a food or a drink or a dessert or anything else it's that coming together and really just enjoying each other's company um so that's probably the thing for me that makes it feel the most like thanksgiving don't get it every year but when i do i really treasure it
1: you know it's interesting you say that because growing up like my both sides of my family were in the same town right so that no one moved away and we would start off with with my dad's side of the family, who are very much more of a quieter conservative type, you know, people that kinda talk soft and kind of keep to themselves. And, you know, so you'd have the lunch over there and you know, the, the conversation's low, right? And I'm always trying to like find a way to a TV. <laughs> you know, even as like, you know, I mean, if you think I'm football obsessed now, you should have met me when I was a kid. Ooh. Right. Like I couldn't get enough of it. I was I was just, you know, that's all I could care about, right? And and so you have this, like, quietness that, like, starts to build a little bit. You go home. You kind of recover. You grab the second set of whatever the, you know, the side the dishes, dishes that, yes. that mom made, right? Yep. And you take it over to mom's side of the family and that side of the family, you know, it's, uh, it's Scotch Irish, right? <laughs> you know, and, like things are flowing and, uh. you know, and throughout the night the volume just keeps going up and up and up and people are yelling over each other. and And so that auditory element of the holidays is always fascinating for me to kind of listen back to because it's just this, like, all rise throughout the day right and then at some point it just people just take off and it just dies but yeah those those uh those holidays at my grandparents you know they had this uh old home that would have been where well, they lost it in the 2008 flood mm-hmm. um but it would have been you know 120 130 year old home if it was still around today and it had one of those big Stairways, one of those old old homes with that, and um, yeah, I remember that you know walking up there, and you'd always try to like hit the, you know, reach up and hit the top, and you know try to measure how tall you are and huh. stuff like that. And there's a lot of those old, you know, just memories that you think about from auditory and the smells. You know, my my grandma was great at cooking mexican food she made made her own mexican food with her own hot sauce Man, that's awesome and her hot sauce her hot sauce could only be consumed by like three people her me <laughs> and maybe one other person right it was brave enough to do it so it was always like my own little personal pot with her of uh of really hot hot sauce so you know just a lot of memories like that and and uh yeah that that's that's great for food wise for me like um I'm, I'm just like a i just love mashed potatoes and gravy and a little protein right like that's really all i need mom's uh mom's deviled eggs oh yeah Um, i forgot about that you know those those are the best uh mother-in-law makes a great chocolate uh pecan pie mentioned it on the other podcast too those are the things that i look forward to these days um but you know generally like kind of that mashed potato protein gravy whatever i'll get a vegetable and that's pretty much it and then i want a piece of pie that that's kind of where i'm at these days all right Well, we're gonna have a little bit of fun with the speed round we're gonna ask each other some questions
2: about uh thanksgiving themed things so this is our speed round thanksgiving edition as we don't have a guest this week and uh i'm gonna start off with now for for those of you that aren't familiar with bears of a beer speed round is you know short answers fun uh we're just gonna keep it pretty light i'm gonna start off with what's the weirdest dish you've ever encountered at a thanksgiving
1: mm. weirdest dish you know i what's coming to mind is this like uh gel like green jello you know <laughs> kind of fluff stuff it wasn't like a green jello mold but it was like like it must have had dairy in it too yeah and like even the even the thought of it makes me kind of sick right now right <laughs> like like yep I can, no i know exactly
2: what you're talking about i do not like that <laughs> no it's not great uh for me on my side it would be uh, there is a great uh family uh well it's not a myth uh it's just a great family story um it be it became known as orange death which, Mm. you know, on a Bears Themes podcast seemed great. Uh, My uncle was in a phase where he was, uh, he's a very good cook, but he was trying things far afield. And he basically made a sort of puree whip that had like carrot and parsnip and a bunch of other stuff. And it was this strange consistency where it was not quite mashed potato. It was a little thinner than that, but it was a little thicker than soup. And it was just, it didn't quite, happen right and he it was one of those like a joke you're trying to explain right and uh my family also irish uh so not short with criticism <laughs> uh and it became nice try but you didn't quite hit it and forever known after that as orange death because it was kind of kind of neither here nor there and and the flavor wasn't amazing so orange orange death was is still a
1: family uh touchstone nice What would you say your role is in the family... Get togethers. Ooh. I was thinking roll, and I'm like, ooh, rolls. I love rolls. And then I'm like, mm, oh, R O L E.
2: My role, it's changed. Uh, originally, it was the kid that would finish everything at the kid's table. I loved to eat when I was at the kid's table and would eat plate after plate after plate because I just had a crazy metabolism when I was a kid. Uh, and just general troublemaker. That was me. It was me and my cousin, my uh, oldest male cousin, would run around and like hang Star Wars figures from string and drop them down between the staircase behind my aunt's head and then say something. So she'd turn around and freak out. Like that was my role is just general sort of like pre home alone mischief maker, uh, was my role as, uh, as a little kid, as a like college age guy that didn't always get to go home I was sort of the convener I was always the person that would pull people together like hey you're gonna be around and you don't have family like come to our place uh and we had some great thanksgivings that way it was always more the merrier and who's welcome and so it was just pulling people together and they're like I don't know how to cook and it's like fine what do you what do you want to do like bring something bring a pie bring beer bring whatever you can like we might just have pie and beer but oh, that's okay it's for college kids who cares um so and then as I got older Um, I'd always had a lot of jobs in kitchens and so I started to cook. I cooked turkeys and then lots of different sides. And I I always like to do something that's a little bit different that I just don't do because you have more time on Thanksgiving and I don't, I don't devote as much time to food prep as I would like to. So I don't mind doing a recipe that takes two and a half or three hours on Thanksgiving because I have it. And I'll put some music on and, you know, try some roasted vegetable medley with, some special glaze or something that's sort of where i went and uh, sort of the 10 year ago period and now it's just whatever right I, i'm just sort of the glue guy you need beverages i got it you need desserts i got it you need me to just sit back and eat i got it you need me to drive i can do that too
1: yeah i think aaron aaron guy is the that's the rule it because you get breaks which I'm into, <laughs> right? Like you got to kind of step away from the madness. So true. And, so true. And, and then Underrated like you get points. Like, like you go out and you yes. do chores, you know, and for me, it's like, yeah, run to the store. Like, you know, people don't like to do that. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Let's go. Uh,
2: I'd take the fresh air.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's but I, that, nice. that's kind of, that's the role that I like to sit in. Or mm-hmm. I'm the guy that sits in the corner and watches the football game because, you know. It's Thanksgiving. There's football on. So, you know, generally I'm going to be by the TV if I'm there or I'm going to run an errand. But, yeah, what's your next one?
2: Uh, I was going to say favorite dessert, but that's mostly just for people that haven't listened to you before because you have a a go-to favorite dessert. There is one and it holds the preeminent spot and there is no like, oh, this or that.
1: Yeah, I mean, since I got introduced to that pie, it's pretty great. But, I mean, if, you know, I like Thanksgiving because you get to eat pie. And, oh, yeah. and and that's that's kind of cool. I'm not a huge guy that's into cake. I mean, sometimes cake's fine, but like, you know, I would rather have a piece of pie. And thanks, that's what Thanksgiving's all about is pie. So like, I'm I'm into a piece of pie, for sure. Like that that's what I'm going to have on Thanksgiving. If it's not that special pie, I'll have pumpkin pie. Like right? I mean, I'm not I'm not against sure. that, but I want a piece of pie. And I think that might be
2: why you and I get along is because we're both like pie guys and thanksgiving is central to pie thanksgiving yes you can have a cake yes you can have some kind of homemade ice cream you can have some i've been to families where they had some kind of handmade swiss roll german like great that's that's all cool like it's good like all dessert is good but thanksgiving in my mind pie and pie early pie often and the biggest thing is pie for breakfast right (laughs) That is a Snyder family tradition, is like waking up the next day, and there's not a question of what you're having for breakfast. You're having a piece of pie, but what kind is the only question, because we would have multiple pies, and we would have, uh, my mom always made a great apple, there would always be a pumpkin from somebody, or a pumpkin chiffon, if that was some, something for somebody, there would be uh, mincemeat pies, there would be berry pies, there would always be a bunch of pies, um, usually with handmade crusts because it was like some odd competition within my family but that didn't <laughs> matter to me as a kid because you would literally open up the fridge or the second fridge the one that was out sure. of the garage right and you would have like five pies covered in wax paper and as a kid the day after thanksgiving that was the best thing ever my mom would always make Uh, handmade whipped cream because we lived in a dairy town and she would take the cream off the milk after it sat on the back porch, right? And whip it with a little bit of sugar or vanilla or both. And there was always a little, you know, bowl of handmade whipped cream and you could put it on whatever pie you wanted and have it for breakfast. And it was like license. Nobody looked at you funny as a, you know, six or eight year old kid with like a huge slice of apple pie and a mound of whipped cream on it and everybody's like yep that's acceptable <laughs> like and that alone made it the best holiday ever so like Thanksgiving like I believe you're right that pie is just central to Thanksgiving it doesn't really matter what kind and just as as a visual aid even though we're not doing this as a video podcast I, I brought pie because we started early and we got an apple pie uh this is not a handmade pie this is a trader joe's pie and it's not just apple it is like apple uh brown sugar and maple and it has been sitting here for the entire podcast just sort of like wafting up at my nose and tempting me so i'm just gonna take a bite of it because i'm tired of waiting quite frankly Um, (laughs) and i'm and I'm old enough that I don't have to anymore. That's the greatest thing. I don't have to ask anybody if I can take a bite of pie. I can just take a bite of
1: pie. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I do not have a piece of pie, but now I feel jealous and wish I you did wish have a piece did, of pie.
2: Because this is delicious. I'll
1: bet. So I have one more question, and that is on Thanksgiving and probably on any other holiday, but like Thanksgiving specifically, football's not on or, you know, you've moved on. What are the games that you play outside or is it board games or like what are the games that you guys are playing?
2: Yeah. So when I was, again, when I was little, we would go outside whenever we could. And a lot of times there was snow at Thanksgiving in upstate New York when I was a kid. Um, So we would have snowball fights, build snow forts, whatever. If it was dry, which was rare, um, we would make big leaf mazes. We would take the rakes and we would rake out these entire big because we had maple trees so we had all these leaves and we would rake out like a leaf mazes and then we basically kind of like play tag in the leaf maze you had to run inside the lines and you know it eventually it just turned into like free tackle <laughs> in the leaf pile like all all rules were lost um if we couldn't go outside because it was really nasty really cold um there were a lot of card games um adults played different card games we play things like gin rummy um we weren't like a super big puzzle family. We occasionally play board games like Sorry or Trouble or Mousetrap. Trap, the kind of classic like late seventies, early eighties board games. But um, more would be like cards. Like somebody would break out cards around a you know a little card table, and somebody would play something. We weren't weren't for the most part betting games. Um, occasionally, late at night, you know the Jameson come out and people would play <laughs> play card games for for thumbtacks or whatever but um no it was more uh, like yeah gin rummy we weren't a big pinochle family but um you know or canasta i know there's families that played pinochle canasta that wasn't really us we played simpler stuff like we play hearts occasionally um but more like gin rummy and stuff like that kids would be like go fish and whatever but cards for the most part
1: yeah my grandpa taught me how to play poker my grandma taught me how to play rummy and my uncle taught me how to play chess and oh, so a lot of that a <laughs> yeah. lot of that and you know i was a lot gonna of say
2: any blackout in the midwest you are set for days yeah
1: my uncle got into chess and you know being a smart kid you know he kind of um i knew how to move the pieces and he kind of you know would challenge me and it just kind of became an annual tradition where i'd play him and um I, you know i got the better of him more than i think he would want to admit and You know, that would always kind of irritate him, but it was always fun. They were always, like, fun games. And I take – I mean, I'm the slowest chess player because I'm just – you know, I don't play very often, and so I would, I would just, you know, I can
2: totally see that about you, just because of the way you approached the mock drafts that we've done in mm-hmm. the past. I cannot imagine you as like a speed round chess. Oh player. no,
1: a speed chess, I'd be terrible. Um, but I, I take a long time, and you know, and, and you know, a lot of times I'd, I'd get the better of them. But yeah, a lot, a of, lot of fun with, uh, you know, I love poker too. Like poker's a great thing. My grandpa taught me how to, you know, the basics of poker. He didn't teach me hold'em, right? Like that wasn't a thing back then. But you know, five card draw. <laughs> Oh, seven cards sure. uh, like those kinds of things like he taught me all of those games and, what did
2: you play for when you oh, played
1: poker when you were a kid what did you play for? he always had a big jar of, you know change and pennies and we you know we, okay. we'd use that so um we always played for we always played for weird
2: stuff because we very rarely had change like the hmm. most the uh, when i learned how to play poker i was in boy scouts and we'd be at like camp outs at like cabins and stuff and so it wasn't like he had change or money or whatever but we would always find stuff and we would play for like matches right or whatever was small and available i mean i remember playing for matches i remember playing for um uh we were at a fishing cabin one time and we played for like uh bobbers and sinkers right i nice. had a whole like chest full of, like and we just divided them up and the big ones were 10 and the small ones were. Ah, five that's fun yeah i mean we just played for whatever like small right. thing we could get um so it was always funny i was like what'd you play poker for because we've you know we very really played for money so Uh, good times, but Thanksgiving in general, I think is really about coming together. And and my favorite Thanksgiving tradition in my family is that we typically gather in the kitchen as the, it was typically when the turkey was being stuffed. We don't always do that anymore, but we've kept the tradition going where we get everybody who's at the house, whoever it is, um, in the kitchen with a glass of whatever. And kids get sparkling cider and, you know, adults get whatever they want. And we go around one by one and we just say what we're thankful for. And that's it. It's super simple Um, but it can be really moving to look back on the last year and say, Hey, this has been a really good thing. Like, you know, even in the last couple of years, which have been very hard for a lot of people to say, yeah, they were really hard, but I'm really thankful for, you know, the ability to do this or this house or this family or this job or this opportunity to go do a thing or a friendship with somebody really special. Um, and it becomes one of those things that is really like the core of the holiday. So that's my favorite, like Thanksgiving deal.
1: I mean, growing up, it was to you know see which uncle was going to puke first from uh, drinking too much alcohol. But I like your your sentiment a little better. And just to kind of, well, I didn't say what happened later. That's what happened earlier. You know, uh, you know the Scottish, Scottish Scottish Irish stuff. So this is our third year of the podcast. We've had a really good time of bringing this to you. Obviously, the Bears' season's over. <laughs> this is not gonna go anywhere. Um, but there's still some stuff to learn from. Uh, If you're going to stick with us, we appreciate that because, you know, we really enjoy doing this, even though the bears aren't very good because there's always something to learn. There's always something to talk about. And obviously there would be no podcast if you guys weren't here. (laughs) This is, uh, you know, you guys are why we do this, and we love the interaction on the website. We love the interaction on Twitter. um, You know, we love hearing from you. All that stuff makes it all worth it. Uh, Being able to, you know – for for example, uh, you know, connecting with Chad who sent me that amazing bottle of bourbon, right? Like, what in the world? Like, how cool is that, right? And you know, we've had multiple people over the years send us beers, um, but even just like sending a note or you know, interacting with the tweet and saying, you know, hey, really enjoyed the podcast this week. That means a lot to us, and and that that's a really big deal to me because this is a lot of fun. I've been obsessed with football my whole life, like football has been one of the biggest passions of my life, if not the biggest passion when I wasn't able to play anymore, I found other ways to be involved and that involved writing and now talking about football and I love it. And I hope that I can bring that love to other people that enjoy it as well. And we can share that experience. So that's what I'm thankful for. EJ. What about you?
2: I've got something special for you. Okay. Uh, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't know I had it for you and now I do. Uh, Just exactly what you talked about. The fact that we are thankful for the people that interact with us, that listen to us, the folks that make this a thing. Um, and I got a message from one of them this week and it's, it's worth reading. Um, so this is a message that came in over uh, Patreon. We're on Patreon now, so if you want to be a patron, go to Patreon.com. Uh, search Bears Over Beers, and you'll find us there. But um, this is from a guy named Uzer, and it simply says this: "Buzzing to support the podcast. Thanks for helping to teach a Pakistani lad about the game." Uh, between this, the film room, Bears Over Beers, uh, you've become a massive part of my NFL fandom. And, you know, I I don't know where Azir lives, uh, but it doesn't really matter, right? It's somebody that reached out from around the world that found one of these brands and started to listen to the others and has grown his love of the game or started to grow his love of the game based off of Things that we say, things that we share, things that we put out in the world. That's that's really cool. Like, that makes uh, long nights, late nights, um, long weeks, uh, things that go well, things that go poorly, all worthwhile, right? Somebody reaches out and says, I'm understanding football more because of things that you do. Like, that's freaking cool.
1: Yeah, 100%. And just to your point, this is my second podcast today. This is a 15-hour work day for me. So, um, but we love it, and and it's and it's great, and stuff like that just will f- fuel us and keep us going. Um, and so, appreciate all of you that have done that, and you know, stick with us the rest of the year. We'll have some fun. There will be some fun stuff to talk about. And Justin Fields will get healthy. We'll get some more starts out of him, and we'll learn some stuff. So, that's it for this week, man. Like, well, you got anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it. Enjoy your version
2: of Thanksgiving, whatever it is, food, friends, family, football, in any all of the above order. Uh, take it in. Take a second to go outside, chill, have a have a beer in your hand, and, and say that you're thankful for something. And we will come back and talk to you next week. Hopefully have some good things to talk about coming out of a game against uh, a very winless Lions team. And uh, even if not, like JB said, hang out. We'll have fun for the rest of the year. So until then, happy Thanksgiving and bear down.